money. Let's talk money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Obviously, this is all about money. Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. (laughs) With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money. With Dave and Reb. From more than enough, real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Well, that's really good because this is the show where we talk about money. We talk about the hard issues around money. And if you're just joining us, welcome to the show. You have a lot of catch up to do. If you're just joining us, <laughs> we we really appreciate you being here. But there's a lot of catch up to I do if you're we're just joining. Almost done six years of podcasting uh, I, with CHR. Uh, I, you know, we don't actually. A lot of podcasters put the number of shows that they do before the title. We don't do that. We chose. You know what? You can just pick and choose. 5, yeah. So, no, so welcome to the show. We are so glad that you're joining us. My name's Dave. I'm Reb. And this is the show where Dave and Reb talk about the hard issues around money and uh, just uh, really interesting times. We're going to jump right in because it's really <laughs> interesting times that we're living in right now when we talk about money and finances. Yes. So, so are you not going to tell people would, where to I find was just us? Gonna, I was just going <laughs> to say the only thing I'm going to say is if you want to find one of those shows that are archive shows or you have a specific topic that you want to search you can do that on our website, morethanenough.ca. You can do that on CHRI's website, chri.ca, notmine.ca. Those websites actually have just podcasts with a player. You can just hit play. You can search. Of course, if you're on your podcasting platform, whatever platform you're on, then uh, we're on Spotify, <laughs> we're on YouTube, we're on all kinds of podcasts. Uh, Spots. Platforms, if I can say that out loud. So feel free to search it, but uh, there it is. So there's Okay, so, and we always, well, we don't always. Mm-hmm. I start shows with scripture, mm-hmm. but Dave often says, well, this has nothing to do with money. And what does this have to do with money? Well, this has to do with the heart. So I went to Jeremiah 17 because we are, we do want to encourage you today that the mm-hmm. world is not falling apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Maybe you think it's falling apart, but God is still here. He's still with us. And we want to encourage you today that in spite of all that's going on in your life, there are lots of hard stories that we are hearing, both financially, personally, relationally, all of that. Um, But we want to encourage you today. We hope you walk away today, this fall, this September, especially with some encouragement. And I want to, okay, so the verses I'm going to read maybe don't sound encouraging right off the bat. (laughs) I I was going to ask a really good setup for for Jeremiah 17, but go for it. Jeremiah 17, starting in verse five says this, this is what the Lord said, says, cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So there's two pictures here. There's a picture of somebody who doesn't trust in God 
And there's one who does. And that barren wasteland, you know, I, a few years ago, we studied um, uh, a journey to Timbuktu mm. and the salt mines are there. Mm. And you literally, you, you have to go in a caravan to get there, but it is desolate. There's, it, it's true. No one lives there, not like in other villages and communities. It's kind it of is, like the edge of the world, right? It, it, it's yeah. like so. out, it is out there. And um, it, it was a really interesting thing to study because I kept thinking of these verses, like right. the, the one who trusts in man. So, and I would say if, as, as you and I have learned in the last 15 years, especially on this journey that we've had with more than enough financial and the business we do and the coaching we do, um, you know, the Lord had to deal with us in, or at least with me, I won't talk well, for absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, who are you trusting yes. in? Are you trusting in your own ability to earn income? Are you trusting in the bank accounts? Are you trusting in your credit line to get you out of trouble? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we go to those places and, and, if we're honest, we rely on those places. And sometimes, you know, they've been helpful. I, I won't say that they're not helpful. But if I trust the bank to get me out of trouble, or the government, or you to right, earn, an, right. a, you know, a good income, or myself to earn an income that will get me into trouble, sometimes those things are all stripped away. And yeah. some of us have been finding that and discovering that, that what we thought we could rely on, we can no longer rely on. And the word of God here says, if we trust in man and mere flesh, if our hearts turn away from God, we're going to be um, like one who dwells in a parched place where right. those shrubs, you know, those desert shrubs mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, roll across mm-hmm, in the wind. Yeah. Tumbleweed, right? Right. So mm-hmm. that, I guess, is not the encouraging part. But here's what God says to us about trusting in him. And uh, if you haven't heard, I wrote a book about cultivating trust in God in your finances. I well, actually, we have it here somewhere I actually brought us. the book, yeah, yes. Okay, and, yeah. there you go. So. For any of you who are seeing our YouTube video this morning, here it is, it if is, you so. haven't seen it. Yeah. But um, I just thought I'd throw just that li- in there. Just a little side note. You can find that book at morethanenoughbooks.com. <laughs> you go there. There you go. There's a little just trying to promote. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a whole book about how we can cultivate trust in God in light of these verses, because one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in the Lord will be like a tree planted by the water whose roots reach down towards the stream. In uh, heat, when there's drought and hot weather like we've had this summer, you know, we're not afraid. We're not afraid when the financial markets are you know, falling. We're not afraid when inflation is rising. We're not afraid because we're not trusting in our own abilities, but we're trusting in him. And our leaves are always green. Um, We don't worry when there's drought. And I can say that there's a lot of worry and anxiety and fear out there, mm-hmm. but these verses speak to us about trusting God and that he is an answer for us. I mean, if we look at the whole context of scripture, and I guess it's on my mind because I've I've been, you know, in this book that I've written over this past year. And I anyway, I'm I'm just thinking about how do we really trust God? In Hebrews it says, you know, don't don't covet, don't, you know, go after money because I the don't Lord look at your neighbor. Don't right. look at your neighbor. I, the Lord, this that's Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. I, the Lord, am with you. Yeah. You know, who shall I fear? What shall man do to me when the presence of God is with me? That's a bad mm. paraphrase. But, you know, he says it again in Hebrews, and he's saying it here in Jeremiah. You know, 
you won't fail to bear fruit. You won't fail to live in joy and hope and goodness because you're trusting in me and you're not trusting, I will say, in a financial institution to help you financially. And maybe I'm simplifying it a little bit. And you I don't know, think you're simplifying. I mean, uh, again, uh, you know, using that that scripture is maybe a, a bit of a backdrop or a foundation for our conversation today. Um, you know, when when the picture is is we're, we're a tree planted by the water, the water being the source. You know, in a sense, for a tree, you got to have soil, you got to have nutrients, but you got to have water. And if a, a tree is planted in the middle of desert, doesn't really work that well for very long. Um, and so the message throughout literally since the garden of eden that 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 is is constantly and i and i hear this in the news and the media right now is, is you know can you really trust god did did god really say he's going to take care of you and and jeremiah is clearly saying listen you put your trust in man you're going to get what you're going to get you put your trust in god and that is the source of life and i hear uh, this backdrop through the media, everybody trying to figure out, and and, and again, it's real. We want to really keep that. These are real. Uh, it's real cash flow. There's real hard decisions that need there to be made. Do you know? Um, well, you know, we, we okay. So our mortgage has gone up because we're on a. Everybody's mortgage has gone, gone up, I, except I, if you're on the fix. So you know, if you chose fix a few years ago, then then. But, I'm going to encourage you to be considering that if, if your interest rate is going to go up in the next couple of years, more than likely, because when you get to renewal, you're going to have an increase in interest rate. Uh, and we've lived in an environment for 15, 20 years where every time we renewed, it was lower. Every time we renewed, right. it was lower. Yeah. And so whether you were on the fixed or the variable, it was almost like, well, it doesn't really matter because the, the rate's going to be lower. But for the last 15 years, we've also said, well, somewhere along this line, it has to swing the other way. Right. And, right. and that's we're in the swing right. right now. So before we get into yeah. the mortgage conversation, but what you're saying is if we're trusting God, we're going to be like a tree that's planted by the water so that our in those times of hardship, our roots are growing down into a deeper place we're to putting access. putting our trust in the truth that God is our supplier, that he is sufficient that you know we're we're positioning ourselves right next to the source of life and it's you know i even when i wrote the book about how do we grow trust in god you know i hear the skepticism even in my whole own head but yeah but you know i've asked him before and nothing happened or this or that and you know, I don't think David and I have um, easy answers for some an yeah. unanswered prayers yeah. that you have prayed yeah. around your finances. But I say, don't give up hope. Dig no. deep. And I think, I think the Lord's asking His people to be really practical. Um, we have to be. We have to consider the verses in James. They've been really on my mind mm -hmm. this week. You know, you ha you don't have because you don't ask. And you when you ask, you ask amiss so you can spend it on your own pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it is a very 
interesting verse because yesterday when I went for a walk and I was thinking about that verse, I was like, what would it look like if we ask God to spend it on his pleasure? Like what ignites God's heart and how can we talk to God about our money that will be you know, a pleasure to him. I mean, that's a whole other topic and other podcast, but I just, we throw out some of these ideas to say, we don't have easy answers, but we look to God's word and he says, trust, Mm -hmm. trust me, trust me, trust me, because you, you won't believe what I will do for you. We were reading a story on the weekend um, where Samuel sets up an Ebenezer stone mm-hmm. and it follows the defeat of the Philistines. And God comes in with this loud noise, confuses the enemy. The Israelites go after them and Samuel sets up the stone and says, thus far, Ebenezer stone means thus far, the Lord has helped me. And you know what? We all can look back on these last years. You mentioned mm-hmm. it that the interest rates haven't gone up mm-hmm. and now they are, they are doing that in a way that's hard for us because we're not used to it. But we can set the Ebenezer up, stone up figuratively in our living rooms. If you have a mortgage, you sit down at your dinner table and well, say it with your family. God has helped us this far. He's not going to stop helping us. Just he's not bothered by increased interest rates. And and one of the things that we say often in our coaching, one of our Davisms in coaching is is make every spending decision a spiritual one. And and so there's a tension there, right? We're, I mean, we talked a little bit about the mortgage and, and obviously the mortgage payment or your rent is, is your highest one line item. Generally, that's the highest one line item in, in your, your spending plan. But make every spending decision a spiritual one. And what we mean by that in, in different contexts, but in the context here is, is that, okay, Lord, uh, as, as you said, Reb, what would it mean to spend the money that we have in our possession on your pleasure? Like, what does Mm -hmm. that look like? Mm -hmm. And can I design my spending plan? And again, remember that uh, I think it's three quarters of Canadians do not have a written down spending plan. Yeah, uh, budget for those of you who for, don't know what that is. That's the B word, yeah, you know, yeah, if you've yeah. heard my, I don't we like let, saying the B word. We call it a word, spending plan. But the spending plan, and, and, and again, that's a simple thing. You do not need to be a math, uh, you know, kind of a math expert to sit down and go, this is how much money I have coming in and let's spend that. But let's see what it looks like to spend that on the Lord's pleasure and not necessarily on mine. Because well, and and what is the Lord's pleasure? If you do have a mortgage and you owe that money, mm-hmm. that that is a responsibility you have, even as a steward of what God's given you. So I mean, the I, Scripture says, so, if you if, if you find yourself in debt, then then do everything in your power as quickly as possible to pay that debt right. off. It's not a sin, but it but it is a pressure. It, it is a weight that you carry. And so, so that's what's actually worth feeling and it's the hearing. lord's pleasure to see that weight get off you right. so you're partnering with the lord to go <laughs> let's okay let's get rid of this debt if right. we have debt let's make that a focus short-term pain uh, yes but that again if we maybe frame it a little bit differently to mm-hmm. say but but that's actually the pleasure of the lord to see you walking in your finances debt-free because he doesn't want you carrying that weight he doesn't want you giving a portion of your so, income to the financial institutions and interest costs. So maybe some of the trusting in God is actually shifting our mindset about how we perceive God. 
So sometimes we're not trusting him because we, and this is what I experienced early on, on our more than enough journey since starting the coaching business, um, that God was just going to, I didn't want to ask him if I could do something because I thought he'd just say no, mm-hmm. because, you know, like, oh, well, there's a price tag to it. It's too expensive. So, you know, so I'm just not going to ask instead of just saying, you know what, God, God is in relationship with me. He delights in me. He delights. Um, and, and we're actually collaborators on this journey. Mm-hmm. He's not just telling me what to do, but he is saying, you know, you have a responsibility. You've signed a commitment on a piece of paper that you're going to pay your debt and you're going to do what you can to get out of that debt now. Mm-hmm. So that's a really interesting observation. But I will say this, and here's one of the pieces of hope that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, get aware. Mm-hmm. I We just read this crazy article from August 31st from the Financial Post, and it said that 39% of mortgage holders include their monthly mortgage payment in their budget. So if they have a budget, they do include it. That's 39% of Canadians. That means 61% of mortgage holders don't include their mortgage, which I like, this is a jaw dropper for me. Like, mm-hmm. 61% of Canadians, according to the survey by Financial Post, say they do not include the highest expense in their mortgage payment, their mortgage. Um, yeah, your mortgage payment around. being the, the single right. one so, line. So if you have pay $1,500, $2,000 or $3,000 in your, people your are not payment. on your mortgage payment. People are not including that in their budgets. They actually are just including the top ones are grocery bills, filling up gas, entertainment, which I found mm-hmm. uh, is interesting, there. and yeah. savings. So if you're not including that, no wonder this is such a shocker mm. to like this increase that we've been experiencing this year is a shocker. So our encouragement to you and the hope, practical hope we want to say is get aware, get that in as your top, the top expense you have. Right. And include that in your budget. And if you don't know how to do a spending or plan or budget, ask someone, go online, look it up, call more than enough. We'll happily guide yeah. you on how to make a budget if you don't know how. Make a spending plan. Sorry, spending plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I- part of part of that, uh, uh, and, and we, we've talked about this so many times before in, in other shows, there is no shame in not knowing. Right. But but here's here's where the crux of the matter is if you don't do anything, then <laughs> then that that shame stops you from reaching out, from right. asking. That shame stops you from from saying, I just don't know how to do this. I need some help doing doing it. I mean, that is what we do at More Than Enough. And there are there are lots of other people that can that that can help with that. And and the reality is is we all need in this world especially, and, and I, I want to kind of preface that because I've I felt significantly the last, I'm going to say, 10 to 15 years that it has gotten more and more and more difficult to stay connected to the money that's coming in right. and the money that's going out. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's becoming more and more and more of a challenge. And so for those of you who are the younger generation who are, you know, you've grown up with technology and phones and you've grown up, you know, barely un- using cash um, or you've never balanced a checkbook because you never had to write a check. 
Um, and, and so, you know, again, it's more and more difficult in this environment. We, we need to teach and learn together how we're going to create a spending plan that, that is relevant and that gives you the information that you need to make the choices around how you're going to spend money. And it's different. Uh, you know, if you're in the older generation than me, so above, you know, 60s and 70s, I mean, you were the one who, who most of it was cash. And so you're, you know, you did have a, a checkbook. I remember your dad, uh, you know, when, having a little black book that he yeah. would write the expenses and he would come home and, and, uh, I don't know if he gave them to your mom or, but that's what no, when he, he spent he did it, it all, he yeah. wrote it in the book and he carried that in his pocket with a little pencil. And, and that was how he managed their home resources. Um, and I know the story we we've heard that before from your parents that said, you know, your dad was a smoker and he mm-hmm. had money for smoking, but he, he counted every penny, penny that they had. And, and your mom was like, you're not spending that. Right. I mean, we, we we don't live in that environment where we are counting pennies yeah, and actually he, yeah. pennies that mean anything because we don't have pennies yeah, anymore. Yeah, when he quit quit smoking, uh, yeah, it, he uh, earned, uh, saved a lot more money. My dad or my mom was loved it, but yeah, there was some times when he went to Bible school for a year. They lived on bologna and tomato soup. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say that you know that's the other part. You know, we I look at my parents. And they did what they had to. Now, credit wasn't as available to them, but they had a young family. They had bologna and tomato soup. My mother counted every penny and responded like they, she had to tell my dad so that, that they actually tracked all of that because every penny counted. And the wisdom is in that is this, it was really important to your parents, both together unified that your dad go to Bible school for that period of time. And, you know, we can apply that principle to a lot of things in our life. It's really important that I live in this neighborhood or in this size of house or whatever decision you might've made in the past, what we don't like. And again, in, in what we don't like and we is, is what are the sacrifices that we are, we're going to have to make to do that. Are we willing to have bologna and, and tomato soup so I can go to uni- uh, so I you know I can go to to Bible school? Well, that was a sacrifice that they said, yeah, we're we're willing to do that. Again, in our current culture with the media, the marketing, um, there are so many opportunities. There's so many fun things to do. There's so many ways to spend <laughs> well, I, I money. I mean, the line uh, h- highest line item was entertainment. Uh, like not they, mortgage isn't included, but entertainment is. And of think course, of that yeah. coming out of COVID, where we're all like, I just want to go do something fun, right? You know, like I think know. most Canadians went to the East Coast this summer. You know, trying to save some money. You know, and and health and all that. But yeah, I, Dave, there's so much to talk about with this because, like, I really wanted to ask you. You know. What do people do with increasing interest rates, um, with inflation? Everybody's asking us. And I feel like some, I, I think they, okay, this is my impression that we all, I will include myself, want a magic bullet right. solution. Right. Like, Dave, just tell me that I do this and this and it's going to be okay. Well, I, I have a little bit of a magic bullet. I don't know if it's the magic bullet, but but we talked about making a plan. Yes. You know, we talked about becoming aware, right? We talked about the idea here that um, you know, and I like to use this metaphor, and I think it's it, it's pretty appropriate. Um, we because we've 
most of us have driven vehicles and we know that, you know what, if you're on a road and you're on the side of a mountain and the, the guardrail is right there, yeah. right? You're driving that road. You're a little more cautious. You're paying more mm-hmm. attention. You're, you're, you might have two hands on the wheel, you know, like right. that metaphor. Whereas when you're on a six lane highway by yourself, like you're <laughs> texting, you're probably talking, you know, like y- you don't really care about where the lane is because you've got six lanes. Well, we have been living in a six lane environment the last 15 so to 20 good. years. Yes. And guess what? We've, we've now hit a narrow part. It, it's not super <laughs> narrow. It's not, I mean, it's not as bad as, again, the interest rates are not 20%. They, you know, the, the, we won't talk about interest rates, but the reality is, is we've hit a narrow part and we're not used to it. So you have to do the things that you maybe learned when you first drove a car. And that is, okay, two hands on the wheel, 10 and two, if they still teach that, I don't know. But that's what I learned. 10 and two was, was that, you know, hey, put the phone in the glove box. You're not allowed to do that, right? Like take the distractions away and focus just on where you're going and what's going on around you. Be aware what's going on. And then if I relate that to finances, I say, you need a plan. More than ever, you need a spending plan. You need a plan that you're going to follow, right? <laughs> then there's that's, the following. That's, that's the really important. Plan. You need a plan that you and your wife and kids are going to follow, right? So right. again, we, um, you know, there has to be some of the decisions that we made in the context of the last, say, ten years. Yeah, you know, we may have to go back to those decisions and say, you know what, they were good for then, and we could afford it then, but we can't now. So what do we do because this is a change? Do I need a second job? Maybe I'm, it's, it's the income side that maybe my income has reduced. We know expenses have gone up. So, you know, that's okay. Well, that may mean we're not going on the family vacation that we went on the last 10 years simply because that's a place where we have a choice. That's a tough one. It is one that might have to be made, right? Maybe we need to sell and downsize. Oh, that's an incredibly big change. That is. And, and we're not going to get into the specifics. But I think one of the things as we come to the end of the show that I really want to stress is, is, is going back to that and position ourselves mm. to, to be near the streams of living water, right? right? God is an abundant God, he makes streams go in the desert, right? Yes, we does. have these promises that, yes, that God does. will supply for his people. And, and, and so, you know, it's not always about spending less or making more, but maybe it's about positioning ourselves so that we can trust God no matter what the environment is. Mm-hmm that we're digging our roots deep into that ground. And maybe there's an underwater river we never knew existed. And everything up top looks like a desert, but underneath we are finding the nourishment that we need from, from our relationship and our present, the presence of God that we can't explain when we look at it from the top level, but there is a river underneath flowing that's going to supply all of our needs through this season and and beyond. God is still on his throne. God is still bringing his streams of life to his people. And we just need, again, our part is to position ourselves right there. 
That's amazing. So Lord, thank you so much that you care so deeply about your people and you want to keep us encouraged um, that we have this hope as an anchor. And that is Jesus. Our walk with Jesus brings us uh, in relationship with you and into we can bring our finances to you and you have answers and you have direction. You are a God who guides. So we just are so grateful to you that you are an encouraging, guiding God who we can dig our roots deep into and trust. Thank you for your word to us today. Mm. And thank you for joining us. Um, what a, I mean, Reb and I are in the, in the studio together. It's just the two of us. So uh, join the conversation. We're so glad that you joined us and join us next week when, when we talk, we talk money. money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.